We started to see immediately customers responding with things like, this is great. I didn't even know this information was available or this is great. One customer says, you anticipate things that I don't know before I even learn about them. Gamesight presents the Game Changer podcast with host Adam Joseph. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the next episode of the Gamesight Game Changer podcasts. I'm Adam Joseph, your host and the Regional VP of Customer Success at Gamesight. So one of the biggest factors to consider in your customer success strategy is how and when you're going to engage with your customers. And there are so many things to consider. So, for example, what channels are going to drive the engagement? Will it be in person, over Zoom, email, in-app, social media, text messaging, over the phone? How will your engagement differ from one type of customer to the next? So what does it look like for your highest paying customer who maybe has enterprise access versus an SMB type audience who maybe just have a handful of licenses or maybe just one? And then the timing, you know, how can you make sure that you're using the right channel to the right customer with the right message at the right time? The other big factor I think here to consider is the type of business model and products that your company has. I don't think you can just take a cookie cutter approach to your customer success engagement strategy, especially when there's such a huge variety of operating models. Well, I'm delighted to say that joining us to discuss this critically important topic are a couple of people who have worked on a great customer engagement model at a company called Flexential. Jessica Owens, who is the Senior Manager of Customer Success Operations, and Mike Garrett, who is the Senior Director of Customer Experience Strategy. Jessica and Mike, a very, very warm welcome to you. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Thank you. So, guys, as, as always, I like to kind of start the, the podcast off learning a little bit more about the guests and the person behind the role. So before we kind of like you introduce Flexential, your, your roles in a bit more detail, I wanted to ask you, I, last, yesterday I, I had the pleasure of visiting a movie theatre for the first time in like two years to go and watch the new James Bond movie. I'm a huge fan and I, it gets a huge thumbs up from me. I really enjoyed coming back. So my question is, if you could live the life of, in a day of either a, a movie character or a TV show character, who would you pick? Let's go with Mike. Why don't you go first? Sure. I think I would go with a gentleman by the name of Gabriel Mock, and he plays the actor or the character Harvey Specter on the show called Suits. His character is just a character for me that really portrays somebody that I wish I could be, <laughs> but I don't really have the ability to. So if anybody's familiar with that show, you'll know you'll know exactly who I'm talking about. Yeah, well, it felt like that watching Bond yesterday. I wish I was as cool as Bond, but I'm nowhere near as cool as Bond. <laughs> <laughs> you know, if he's the Premier League, I'm about 10 divisions down, and I'm probably being kind to myself. Great. Uh, Jessica, what about you? I think I'd have to say probably Phoebe from Friends. She lives her life with just such freedom and joy. And I just would love to live like that. Just carefree and just great. So I'd probably pick Phoebe from Friends. 
<laughs> and I'd love it. Maybe if we rounded out the podcast with a rendition of Smelly Cat, we'll, we'll see how we go. If you feel up to it, I'm we'll sure. see. <laughs> that, what more motivation does anyone need to, to get to the end of the podcast? Exactly. Thank you to you both, and and I'm sure there'll be some who have come across Flexential before, and maybe others not. Do you, Mike? Do you want to give uh, an intro into the, the company? And, and I introduced your role, but exactly what you do there. Sure, sure. So Flexential is a hybrid IT company that provides infrastructure as a service. So if you want to think about cloud infrastructure or data center and co-location infrastructure space, as far as my role at Flexential, I'm the Senior Director of Customer Experience Strategy. And I joined Flexential in January of 2018, really when two companies were, were being merged together to form the company. And, you know, I was tasked really at that time to build out a customer success team managing our South Market here in the uh, in the U.S. In three and a half years, you know, I've been here and, you know, really supporting our customer success vision. And again, I've transitioned to this new role now. And so that's that's my history here at Flexential. Thank you. And I think, Jessica, in comparison, you might have been at Flexential for a little longer than Mike, by the looks of it. Yeah. So I joined the Flexential in 2006, so a bit longer than Mike. But what's really great is when I joined the company, you know, now we're worldwide. But at the time, we had, you know, fewer data centers. So it's really cool to see how the company has grown over time. Now, I am currently in the role as a senior customer success operations manager, and I support the team through process documentation and software management. I'm actually the admin of our Gainsight instance here at Flexential. Fantastic. And I think if I've got this right, you joined Flexential originally as the, the office manager. Is that right? So that's some journey you've had since then. Yeah, it's definitely been a ride I did. I joined in the Tampa location, Tampa, Florida. Shout out to Tampa as the <laughs> office manager there and just kind of managing the office and general things like that. But over time, I began to support our customers and really doing customer success. But nobody really called it that at the time. And so it was then that I kind of realized my love for processes and, and documentation. I love a good checklist, right? So I realized, ooh, I really like this. So I kind of decided to continue down that path, an operations path, and loved it ever since. Yeah, well, you know, a big shout out to all the, the, the kind of office managers out there. I mean, I've been fortunate yeah. enough to work with some just incredible people. And that some of them have kind of carried on and loved the role. Others have kind of, as you have, has kind of built a career from it. But the ability to multitask, you know, relationship building, it's just incredible what, you know, some of the office managers that, that I've worked with have done. And so it's no surprise to see you go on to the great success that you've done now. Well, let's kind of get into the heart of the topic all around customer success engagement strategies. And as I mentioned in my intro, I, I think there are some tenants that most engagement strategies have. But as you mentioned, Mike, in, when you spoke about Flexential as an infrastructure, as a service type offering, I'm sure there are some kind of very specific considerations that you've had about building out your model and framework. Do you, do you want to give us a sense of your thinking in terms of how you built it and some of the, maybe some of the core differences or, or considerations that Flexential has compared to maybe a, a typical B2B software business? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, it's interesting, the traditional customer success model that many SaaS companies use today was really designed around providing enablement, 
and training and, and essentially ensuring that all the users are equipped with, you know, being able to use all of the components of the system, right? And, you know, here at Flexential, our customers generally know how to use the product or service they're buying from us. It's not something that we have to teach them. And so as far as customer success is at its core, we found that we weren't driving any incremental value using that model. It's kind of the, the square peg round hole scenario. And our challenge was really, how do we create value in an industry that's really commoditized? So what we did was we kind of went to the table and we created our own customer engagement framework. And it really is focused on two things. It's really designed to build or enhance relationships with our customers, while at the same time providing some type of value creation. We really know in order for our customers to succeed and ultimately for Flexential to continue providing products and services to them, we just have to differentiate ourselves from our competitors. I mean, that sounds super interesting. And, and the kind of challenge that you mentioned there, Mike, in terms of it's not your typical B2B SaaS model where you've got users, you're trying to train them up and you're trying to get them to a to their verified outcomes, you know, where, where they want to reach with using your software. So how has that kind of adapted in your time since you've been at Flexential? How have you kind of changed that model? How did you come up to it? What were some of your kind of thinking or data points that you built in to try and prove out what the model was? Yeah, yeah, it's, it's actually interesting. We really started with a framework around what are the activities that we're taking with our customers? So if you think about in a traditional SaaS-based model, as Jessica kind of alluded to with Gainsight, you have all these checklists, right? You have to take all of these, you know, these different individual activities. And what we found was the majority of what we were doing was, was reactive work. It wasn't a proactive methodology that we were using. And again, we, we thought to ourselves, what could we do differently so that we are more proactive with our customer base based on what we do with our customers. And we did the traditional things like business reviews. We did do the training sessions for some of the things that they do need training on. But there wasn't enough of that to keep a customer engaged with us. And so we, we created this framework that ultimately there's a couple parts to it, but there's a segmentation where we can segment our customers into various buckets. And from that segmentation, we translated that into here's the activities you're going to do with these various customers in these different segments. And so what it really did was it created a very prescriptive method for our CSMs, going back to Jessica's checklist, of things that they can do that's all proactive. And that proactive activity has value in it. We had to find ways that we could put information or things into customers' hands that had some value to them based on what we were providing them. That's really the differentiator for us is giving them some type of information that's not sales, right? We're not trying to sell them anything new. We are trying to make sure they're up to speed on what's happening new at Flexential, what are the new products and services that are coming out that are actually supporting what they're using, as well as Here's what you're consuming with us, and here's some things you really need to be aware of. So it's a different model for us from that perspective. So I'm interested, as, as you've kind of come up with this methodology and communicated this value back to your customers, what's been the reaction? And as you think about the different kind of personas that you're engaging with at your customer site, uh, customer offices, how, how are you managing to do that at scale to make sure between these different segments and tiers that you're talking to that you're able to effectively communicate the ROI back? It's a really great question. We use Gainsight, surprise, to actually send out these proactive 
outreaches is what we call them. And we also use Gainsight to log reciprocal engagements. So one of the goals that we had was if we're going to send out value creation activities or information to our customers, we would expect they would reciprocate and come back and talk to us. And we're starting to see that, right? And again, we use Gainsight to log that. If I remember these numbers correctly, it's somewhere around 770-ish outreaches that we sent to customers in Q2 of this year. And 9% of that returned as an actual engagement. That means 70-ish or so customers actually opened up and we went and had conversations that formally we most likely wouldn't have had, right? And so the feedback we're getting is that what we're providing and the activity that we're doing is twofold. We're getting it from our customer as well as our CSMs. And I will tell you, when we first kicked this off, CSMs were a little you know, a little hesitant, right? Like, I'm not sure this is going to work, right? And we started to, you know, execute and deliver these different outreach engagement plans. And we started to see immediately customers responding with things like, this is great. I didn't even know this information was available. Or this is great. One customer says, you anticipate things that I don't know before I even learn about them. Wow. We need to put that quote on the wall or something from a CSM perspective. <laughs> Nothing's more inspiring when you hear stuff like that. Oh, it's the epitome of customer success, right? I mean, that's exactly what we're trying to do. So again, that's really great. And, and how we translate it to an RI is, is super challenging, right? Because specifically for our customers, generally speaking, what they purchase from us is a cost center, right? I mean, they're they're buying products and services that they that they have to have, and it's hard to translate. The biggest value proposition we have at Flexential is 100% uptime. And so what we have to focus on sometimes with our customers is what would happen if you didn't have 100% uptime? And that's the real ROI for our customers. And again, keeping that activity and engagement with them on a frequent enough basis that they remember this is an important thing for us, right? And that's where the value creation really comes from. Yeah, just to build on what Mike said, he's right. We took this engagement framework and put it to work and get insight, specifically with the uh, success plan object and timeline. Those are the two key things that really make this thing run for us. With the success plans, that's what we're using to essentially operationalize our engagement plans based on tier and segment. We created these templates for each of those tiers and segments and then triggered them automatically using Rules Engine for our CSMs to follow up and and perform those tasks. What's really great about the success plan is that they're able to take action on those tasks right there, either from the success plan or in cockpit. So they don't have to jump around. They don't have to go to a bunch of different screens. It's right there for them to do that. So they can either send an email assist right from the CTA or they can log a timeline entry right from the CTA. So that was huge for us to make sure that our CSMs can do the thing easily and timely. So that that was really key for us. And as you were building out this model, Jessica, did all of this come at once? Do, I mean, very often with Gainsight customers, we talk about a crawl, walk and run methodology. So you start with some of the base functionality first and then you build upon that. Is that the same kind of methodology that you used or, or did you build everything and kind of let the CSMs loosen it at the same time? We kind of had a, a crawl 
and we're probably in walk. Next year, I'm going to say that we're running. So that's fantastic. But to crawl, we trained our team on the engagement framework and said, you know, these are the things that you need to do, right? So log your activities to timeline. We didn't have the success plan object going yet during that first quarter. And what we found was CSMs, even though we kind of had it documented, you know, this tier and segment, do this many things, we prescribed it, but there wasn't a way for the CSM to really manage and track that. So fast forward to walk, we said, let's use the success plan. And when we did that, we saw a night and day difference. The CSM knows every day what activities are expected of them by when they log in. They know, you know, I've got this many things to do this quarter and I've done this many things this quarter. So there's a really good way for them to keep up on these expected value add activities. And then fast forward to next year where we're living in the future, right? We are really just revving up what we've done by improving it and hopefully give the CSM a little bit more of the power to decide what activities make the most sense, you know, because they're the ear to the customer. They know when it's right to engage, when it's right to maybe hang back, what to engage on and so on. So with our next year's revision, the CSM is going to have be more in the driver's seat as far as how they're going to engage and when they're going to engage with the customer. And I think that that's going to go a long way for CSMs to see value and the customer to see more value out of this project. Interesting. So as you kind of at this important juncture of your evolution in terms of your customer success strategy and enabling it through through using GainScient, it sounds like you've had some great success already. Can you talk through some of the other kind of results that you've seen so far, Mike, in terms of the success of the program or any any kind of pivots you're planning to make in the future? And from Jessica, your perspective, have the CSMs come back to you with any other ideas for things they'd like to see to kind of enable them even further? Mike, maybe if you, you kick off. Sure, sure. So our number one outcome that we're trying to achieve as a business is to retain customers, right? Surprise, right? I mean, everybody's wanting to retain customers and, and, and add new customers along the way, right? And what we've found, at least in our business, is it takes two to three years to see the results of what we do today going into the future. That's what we call a lagging indicator, right? Yeah, it's a, it's a real lagging indicator. And the reason why it's two to three years is because we build contracts with our customers where we, we host 24 to 36 month terms. And so you don't really, you make a change today. If it's, you know, they're early in the cycle of their, of their contract, then you don't really see the results of that till later on, which ultimately should be some type of a renewal, right? And a lot of the, again, comparing to SaaS, a lot of the SaaS based platforms, they're either month to month or they're really short term agreements. So you have to really step it up quickly, right? But for us, again, our, our main objective is to retain customers. And here's what I'm expecting. When we get to the end of next year, we will have retained more revenue next year than we did this year. And the following year, we'll see that even incrementally grow based on what we're doing today. I feel very strongly about the, the early indicators here with what we're seeing from customer feedback and those kind of things, we will continue to see that revenue retention just continue to grow. And that'll be the proof in the pudding. I can tell you from some of the things that we've done, you know, in the last year or two years, 
we've seen that trajectory already. This is just going to amplify it so much greater. And I'll give you one key data point that we are watching, which is what's the percentage of customers that we're interacting with every single quarter? Everybody can relate to that, right? Am I talking to my customers in some form or fashion each quarter to make sure that I'm meeting my objectives? When we first kicked this off, we were at 23%. We were only talking to 23% of our customer base in Q2. This quarter in Q3 that we just closed out, we're over 75%. Final numbers aren't in yet, but it's over 75%. That is an amazing increase. And our goal is to be 90 plus because there's going to be some customers that just won't, but we'll get to that phase where we are, are literally touching most of our customers. Wow. I mean, that, I mean, that's talk about startling uh, statistics. It's pretty amazing. So it's great to see such a, a, a tangible improvement in one of the core metrics that you can probably measure. And, and Jessica, what, what about you as you in terms of how you're enabling the CSMs and working with them, has that, has that led you to kind of use solutions like Gainsight in, in even more of an innovative way? Have you got other things on your to-do list that you're really looking forward to getting stuck into? Yeah. One of the biggest ways that we've enabled our CSMs would be through what I'm calling outreach in a box. And these are canned outreach content. So outreach was one of our engagement types. And this is just canned content that the CSM can leverage when it makes sense, right? So they can use it as a part of their engagement plan and send it to the customer from Gainsight. So they use that email assist right from the cockpit and they'll choose the template that makes sense based on the content that they want to share. And through quick customization on their part and bam, we can get that content into the customer's inbox, provide value from the CSM, but the level of effort from the CSM is minimal. And to Mike's point earlier, we take those outreaches and we are seeing those being converted into active engagements where we send that customer content and they come back to us and say, hey, this is great stuff. I want to dig in on this further, or I want to have a meeting about this and all these other people from my company too. We want to hear more about this. We want to dive in. And that that's success. That's the whole framework success there. So we're really pleased to see that. Yeah, look, it's really amazing. And it's actually so inspirational to hear about the program that you've created, how you've enabled it both from a strategy and a technology perspective. So look, both of you, thank you so much for sharing your story today. And I've, I promised at the beginning, you know, would we wrap up with Smelly Cat? Well, given it's probably, I think your time, Jessica, it's even before 8 a.m. So maybe, it, unless you're <laughs> feeling particularly creative so early, maybe it's a bit unfair to get you to do it. So maybe we'll save that for another time. But thank you to you both so much for joining. I've really, really enjoyed the conversation. You got it. Thanks for having us. It's been great. Thank you. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Gainsight Game Changer podcast. Please follow, rate, and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. For more information about all of our episodes, please visit Gainsight.com. This podcast is produced and edited by StudioPod. To learn more about their work, go to StudioPodSF.com.